0: The more that you have the ability to deal with change and get through the problems, the easier it is to close deals. And you're going to see that the, the best salespeople on the planet are the ones that have the easier time of overcoming the challenges of change versus the people who really struggle and get caught up in every little small detail and they never really ever get anything done. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios. And, you know, I had a good conversation this week with a salesperson. And it reminded me of a topic that I don't believe I've even really discussed in any of my YouTube videos or even in the How to Sell Show podcast. And what it is is changes. And I see salespeople struggle with this with every industry that I work in. And the changes that they have just absolutely freak them out. And one thing that you really do have to get used to if you're going to be in sales long term is all the changes that happen. Now, there's a saying in the world of the internet that for every year that you're in the internet sales world or the internet business, it's like seven years of real world life. And I'm going to say to an extent that sales is like that with the changes that happen with technology, with business with culture that there's a lot of change that goes down and people who have to have things one way all the time don't really do well for the long term because they fight against what's going on and they spend a ton of time complaining, upset, angry and they don't understand why. And I can think of a couple of people that I have managed in the past or a couple of people that I've coached in the past that really struggled with change, that really struggled with things that were going on in the world, things that were going on in the office, things that were going on in business. And you know, don't forget, you got your personal life too. So you add in business, life, world, all this stuff is like one big giant, you know, problem for people thrown into a blender. And the best of the best, they're able to work through it. The people who struggle, they have a really tough time with sales. And you'll find if you hang around closers, they're they're used to it. They might get upset for a few minutes may not even bother them may bother them but you never know it because they don't say anything they don't want people to know that there is a a chunk of the armor missing so they they just roll with it they're like i've lived through this before no big deal average salespeople complain about changes if a change is too big for a closer they leave they go find somewhere else to work so like you you have to you have to go like is it is it a pebble or is it a boulder And if it's a pebble, you're like, all right, it's in my way. I just got to figure out the rules around it. If it's a boulder, it may be time to say, hey, look, peace out, Girl Scout. I'm not going to play this game anymore. I'm done. Nothing stays good for too long. And I really want you to think about this. I really want you to understand this. I will see salespeople work for a company. And in this company, they'll go work for quite a few years and then all of a sudden, there's a major change. All of a sudden, there's a major development. All of a sudden, something massive happens. And then they're put scrambling to go look for something else. Nothing stays too good for too long because companies are always trying to innovate. They're always trying to find a, a way to do something better, to do it different. I'm going to say good companies. And occasionally, what will happen is you get a company that says, hey, I really want to make these changes. I really want to see what we could do for growth and profit. We've done we've done amazing. Let's do these changes so they make some moves, they bring in different managers and or they bring in different teams and next thing you know you got massive changes. And the company's shaking things up to see what they could get done to bring in more profits. If you look at the people who've been in sales long enough, they know that there's changes on the horizon. They know that something's coming. They can feel it. They look around, they're like, hmm, something's going on. We got a change coming. And the new salespeople are like, ah, silly closer, dude. You've been here for too long. You're making stuff up. Next thing you know, change happens. So, what I did was I put together a short list of different things that could happen that come to change. And if you're in sales long enough, you're going to run into one of these. And some of them happen consistently. So, products and services change a lot. Old products go away, stats change, internal parts change, features change, benefits change. You know, as, as time goes on, a uh, manufacturer could have one product or service and they look at it and they're like, well, we've had too many problems on the line. We're going we're gonna to change things up. And it could be the favorite thing that you like to sell. It could be the favorite thing about the widget. You're like, this is the best part of it. And if they take that away, you no longer have the best part to talk about. Buyer's preferences. Sometimes whatever was in vogue today is not always in vogue in the future. And if you get stuck on saying, this is the one product that I'm going to sell, this is the one thing that I want to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to take you on a a sideways track here. One of the things that's taught in marketing is you always talk about what's new because people want to find out what's new. They want to see what's, what's the newest thing. What's the greatest thing. They don't want the oldest thing. If you're looking for a muscle car from the seventies, yeah, they want the oldest thing but i can't think of a time where people are like hey i in in a lot of demand i want the oldest computer that you have you know there are people who collect old computers but like that that demand for that market is not what you think that it is it's it's there but it's not there laws what's legal today could be illegal tomorrow and if you're in an industry that is bound by laws which a lot of people are there's times where you know codes laws Things that you gotta jump through, hoops that you gotta jump through, get more tightened. And what you find as a salesperson is it's your job to look at the rule, look at the law and say, okay, how do I legally stay on the inside of the rule but circumvent what they just said? So if you got questions, ask an attorney. I'm not giving you legal advice, but you know, the best people in sales look at the rules and they say, How do I play the game the best within the rules that I got? Investments costs and investments. The markets changes, suppliers change, investments change. There's increases in prices. I see companies on average increase their prices twice a year. A lot of the services that I work with them, they increase in the spring, they increase in the fall and it freaks salespeople out. We're already more expensive than everybody else. Closers like, yeah, we've seen this before. The good news is I just get to make more money. And when you're looking at the pros versus the joes, you see that The pros, they know what to to have an issue with. The Joes, they complain about everything. Every little thing freaks them out. And the good news for you is if that's your competition, you could sell against them pretty easily because they're more caught up in what's going on than taking care of their client. Rebates, incentives, and discounts. Manufacturers change these significantly. They change them a lot. What they're looking for is the right mix. They're like, what can I get somebody to buy from? Now, in 2011 and 2012, I tracked 1,800 transactions from business, and I found that the average deduction that you had to take on a $10,000 sell was 3.31%, $331. That was it. Now, the numbers have changed a little bit. Uh, it's like 4.52% right now per 10,000, which is close to a 5% discount. But you know, salespeople are like, hey, I got to give massive discounts to get somebody to move forward or to to purchase my product or service. And in all realities, it takes some discount, but not a ton. If you're doing your sales process the right way, not everybody needs a discount. You could move them down a product line. There's things that you could do, but if it does come down to a discount, you're looking at 3.3% to 4.5%. It's not some massive, you know, 20% off to make somebody buy. And you don't want that client anyway. You don't want the person who only buys off of price. Those are the most difficult people on the planet. And they, they, they complain about everything. I feel sorry for these people who go in for a value proposition. We're the cheapest. We're the cheapest. We're the lowest price. I'm like, oh my goodness. I bet your day sucks. The type of people, I'm sure there's some really nice people, but the type of people who are typically stuck on price, they're very demanding, very demanding. So if you want change, Go to be a low price leader. Rules. If you're in a city or county, and I, I work with a lot of in-home salespeople, so you know ordinances can change, code can change. What was legal one week isn't legal another, and what's legal in one county or parish isn't legal in another or city. It's absolutely insane of how many times that one thing is legal on one side of the street but illegal on the other. And if you haven't ever done in-home sales, I'm just going to let you know, Sometimes it sucks. The economy. The economy changes. There's ups, downs. In the last 120 years, there's been 18 course corrections in the market where there's been downturns. Okay, so if you take 120 divided by 18, roughly there's going to be a market change every seven years. Okay, so it's I'm using straight line math. I'm not using the exact like, well, in 1943 it did this. I'm just saying if you take 100, eight, 120 years divided by 18... Every seven years, there's going to be changes in the marketplace. You're going to see competitors. They're going to demand less. They're going to demand more. They're going to go out of business. You're going to see some wild stuff if you're in sales long enough. Suppliers and vendors are going to change relationships with you. It's it's business. There's always somebody knocking down the door of the owner or the manager of a company saying, try my product, try my product, try my service. You got to use us. You got to have us take care of this. Competition. You can lose competition. You can gain competition. And and at the end of the day, good competition is good for everybody. I look around and there's things that I specialize in uh, when it comes to working with people. There's other good sales trainers out there. There's other good sales coaches out there. And there's also some really crappy ones too. I look at it this way. I'm, I'm happy that there's people that I know because there's not every industry that I'm involved in and I got people that I can hand stuff off to and I've had to do that I've had to say, hey look this isn't my specialty. Yes, sales in these areas and these arenas are but what you're asking me to do that I don't I'm not gonna fake it until I make it that's your livelihood I'm gonna I'm gonna pass you off to somebody else who that's their specialty. you go talk to them and they did and they have and they've done very well and I, I'm way cool with that. Consolidators can come in and buy up everything. So if you don't know this, a consolidator is somebody who says, you know what, I'm going to go after an industry and I'm going to buy as many types of that company as I can. And when they do that, they disrupt the marketplace. So I'm going to give you an example. A couple of years back, uh, the car industry had this. So like when you take your car in to go get it fixed, not a mechanic, but like a body shop. The consolidators came in, I want to say 10, 10, 15 years ago to the, to the body shop industry. And there was people that were pulling down... 250, 300,000, $400,000 a year. And the consolidators came in and they said, Hey, look, uh, we don't like how people are paid in this industry. You make way too much money. You make way too much money. And it's, it's too much of a problem on the bottom line for the company. So what we're going to do is we're going to go in and then we're going to modify your comp plan and we're going to right-size it. We're going to, we're going to go in there and that's the technical term for, you're going to lose about 25% of your income. And that's exactly what they did. They went into that industry and there's some smaller shops where guys make that money, but for the most part the bigger the bigger shops and the guys where the guys were making $250,000, 300,000, 400,000 a year. That's a change that they made. So your industry wherever it's profitable is going to be targeted. So like that's the this is the backside frontside conversation of technology if you take a look at what uh, AI and technology has done. In Silicon Silicon Valley, what they did was they said, hey, look, what we want to do is we want to go after uh, jobs or positions that have a high amount of commissions. So what they did is they looked like, where are there a lot of commissions? Hmm. Oh, home sales. A home sale can make, I don't know, between three or 6% between the, the real estate agent, maybe more, maybe less, depends upon what you do and how you do it. But that's massive money. What if we could make AI do it? What if we could make technology do it? And we could split that with the homeowners and we're going to cut out the middleman. Well, if you don't think there's something like somewhere in between a consolidator coming in and technology coming in to fight for the commissions that you make, they're coming. So you have to be prepared for those changes. It's, gonna, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Affinity groups have influence over plans and actions. And if you don't know what an affinity group is, let's say that I make laptops. And there's 80 other companies out there that make laptops. So we all get together and talk about best practices. Here's the type of charger that everybody should use. Here's where the port should be on the computer. This is the type of screen that you should use. Well, the affinity groups are coming into a lot of in-home services right now. And they're saying, we don't like the way that salespeople are paid, that they're paid a percentage on the job up front. You sell a job for $10,000, you make a thousand bucks, you get paid 10%. So like in the world of in-home sales, what a lot of these affinity groups are doing right now is they're saying, no, 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 no. This is backwards. I don't want to pay you a percentage on the sell up front. I want to pay you on the gross, right? So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do the job. We're going to install the job. You're going to wait to get paid. And then you're going to get paid on the profits of what we make. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I would have a huge problem with this because there's too many variables. You're taking a salesperson and you're turning him into a manager. And I have heard every argument for it where people will say, Hey, Scott, you know, here's here's what you gotta know is like if you really wanna be part of the team, it's the best person thing for the client. I'm like, look, dude, I've got a master's in business, I understand how the math works, I've been in management, I understand how you gotta cheer for the management team, but I'm not gonna drink that Kool-Aid. I'm not gonna play that game where you're gonna say, like, hey, this is for the client. That's a bunch of BS. That's for the bottom line of the office. You know, you take a look around in these affinity groups, like one company does this. And then it spreads like wildfire. One company goes in and says, like, this is how you should get paid. And this is a best practice. And all the ownership looks around. They're like, oh, yeah, sales guys make a ton of money. Sales guys get a ton of good uh, from what we've done. And uh, we're just going to put this back on them. But they don't do it to any other department. Like, they look around. They're like, that guy makes 15 bucks an hour. That girl makes $17 an hour. They don't go back to them and say, hey, we're going to have to take a look at the way that you get paid we're going we're gonna to look at profitability. And you know how you wanted 17 bucks an hour, you're no longer going to get that, we're going to pay you off of a bottom line dollar from the company. So when I talk about changes, be prepared, because the changes for commissions are coming. It doesn't matter what industry that you're in, it's either going to be an affinity group, it's going to be a consultant, or it's going to be technology. And just know that if you make money, what a lot of people consider good money, let's say six figures, because the average person makes 60 grand a year, okay? So everybody's like, I want that 40% more. I want, I want that six figure. I want to say that I'm a six figure earner. So let's just say six figure is the magic number for everybody who goes, that's a lot of money. They're after it. The companies are after it. Technology's after it. And affinity groups are after it because in their mind, they're like, you get paid too much. They're minimizing your skill as a salesperson. Like they can't go, like a lot of these people can't go out and do it. They can't, like not everybody's born to be a salesperson. It's just the way that it is. Ownership, you know, uh, all companies are one conversation away from selling. All is going to take is to have a really good year or to have a really good metric. And uh, if you didn't know this, $10 million is the point of where companies will come in, private equity will come in and say, hey, I want to buy your company. I want to buy your organization. $10 million is the magic number because it takes the same amount of time to do a billion dollar deal as it does to do a 10 million dollar deal and it's far more profitable to be, to do a 10 uh, to do a billion dollar deal than it is to do a 10 million dollar deal so that's like the the very bottom number is 10 million dollars so like in the world of in-home services this is why so many owners are after that 10 million dollar number is because they get paid a better multiple the multiple that you get paid on 9 million dollars let's say is 3.7 Versus the number that you get paid on a $10 million sale could be as high as 27 times. So you're like, uh, okay, that makes a lot of sense to get somebody to the $10 million range. Because you're talking about a seven or eight time payout for just a million dollars differences in in business. In total revenue. Management. Management is going to do a lot of changes when numbers aren't being hit. They're playing the game of like, what player do I put in the field? What do I do to protect this situation? How do I help this? What do I got to do with that? And it could be the manager changes. In a lot of industries, the average manager lasts 1.8 to 2.4 years. Because what happens is companies look around and they're like, oh, that manager did a really good job, but we could probably get some more profit. And then they're like, go away, go away, manager. And the next manager they could get could be really good, could be really bad. But that next manager does a couple of things. They usually bring in their own team. They usually hire their own people. They got a following. They got a crowd. They got their people. And you're going to have a lot of changes in your department, which comes into team members. Like sometimes the favorite people that you work with, they leave, they get recruited. I have a good friend, Paul. And Paul and I were having a conversation one day and he goes, Scott, you know, it used to be you would go to a company and you'd work for them for 40 years and you would retire there and you would walk away. So he said, look, here's what happens in this day and age. You go to work for a company for two or three years. And you get done what you need to get done. You build your resume and then you leave and you go somewhere else and you're the new shiny toy and everybody loves you and everybody gives you attention. And after two or three years, you're old. So what do you do? You pack up your stuff. You go find somewhere else to work where you're new and where somebody wants you, where you're invigorated and you look around and the people who have that idea of like, I'm going to stick around for 30 years, 40 years, they get dumped on. They get treated like garbage because the companies are after what? Something that's new. They want the new shiny thing. And if you got good skills, you got good talents, like you could be prepared for that change because change goes both ways. It's not just the change that gets made at the organization. Sometimes it's the change that you got to take. So sometimes you got to have different conversations. You got to look at, you know, do I want to stay in this industry? Is this industry getting burned out? Is this industry making money? I was having a conversation with a sales guy this week and we were talking about the position that he's in in the industry that he's in. I'm like, look, look at the Google Trends. That industry right now is making money, but it's on the downward trend. You should be looking for another industry or another service where you can make just as much money or more, but it's going to be around for a lot longer. And he was like, I don't believe you. And I said, let's go to Google right now. So we we hopped on a Zoom call. We went to Google and he was like, I did not know that my industry was going in a downward trend. I said, look, you're still going to make money, but over time, that money is going to start going away and everybody's going to, who's in the industry is going to be fighting for a piece of the pie if they don't change. So this guy's retooling. He's looking. He's like, hey, maybe it is time for me to jump out of the industry of the place that I'm at. I've been for three years. And so we have the conversation. You move. You're the new shiny thing that somebody wants attention to. So change just isn't like all the the crazy things that happen in a company. Change is the things that happen in your life. You could get a new significant other. You could get a new car. You can get a new boat. You can get a new house. You could go on a new type of vacation. Change is, is like one of those things that you just really, you have to understand that if you want to be good at sales, change is going to happen. Obsolescence. Your product may go away. Your service may go away. You do have to pay attention to that. Salespeople struggle with any one of these things and they struggle with deals. And you have to know, you must know, you must be aware that these changes are all normal in industries. And you and, and the thing is, is, at least start having the conversation. What happens if? What happens if a consolidator comes in and buys up my industry? What happens if an affinity group comes in and changes the way that my comp plan is done? What happens if my owner is really one conversation away from selling? You know, there's plenty of owners out there that say, we're never going to sell. We're not going to do it until somebody comes in and says, hey, you know, you've got a $10 million company and you've got a pretty good EBITDA and uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you 27 times whatever your EBITDA is. And they look around and they're like, uh earnings before interest tax deductions uh yeah sounds good I don't have to deal with employees I'm out I'm out Uh, like the numbers start rolling in their head they're like retirement yeah I could go live in the south of France for the rest of my life if I really wanted to or to on the coast of Italy or in Tahiti because some of these companies have pretty good valuations and you know good for the owner good for the the person who built that that organization I'm not dumping on them you just it's one of those things if somebody came to you and said, hey, you know, you're know, you a really dude, good sales guy, you're a really good sales girl, uh, I want to buy you out for all of your knowledge, and you're like, uh, I don't know, and they're like, yeah, $5 million. And you're like, what, $5 million for what? For your knowledge. $5 million? Well, that's almost to the point where if I really wanted to, if that was the thing that you wanted to do, you could almost live off the interest just on that alone if you lived a modest lifestyle. And I'm not saying that's what I would do, but there's plenty of people who'd look around and go, $5 million, I'm out. Sometimes these business owners are offered $10 million, $20 million, $30 million, $100 million, $150 million, $200 million. There's plenty of people who make that in a year. There's plenty of people whose businesses do that. But some of the people like, hey, I've put my 20, 30, 40 years in. I'm out. I'm done. I don't need to be a part of this anymore. See you later. So for you uh, to be prepared, you should have a game plan just in case this happens. You should have a good list of contacts. And one of the best things that you could do is you could build up your LinkedIn profile. LinkedIn is one of the most utilized, underutilized tools that there are out there. And the magic number for you is to have 500 connections. That way on your screen, it says over 500 connections. And, you know, this could be people in your industry. This could be people outside of your industry. This could be, you know, all the things that you have going on. But, you know, know that, that that is a a gathering place for your industry. Whether you believe it or not, LinkedIn is a gathering place for your industry. Have your own content for people to find you. you know, it's cool to have a company branded content, but like yourname.com or, you know, your your thing, like I don't know, I got bigkahunaofsales.com. I don't know if I'll ever use it, but if I ever wanted to to uh, make that moniker something pretty cool, sure, why not? But I own it bigkahunaofsales. You know, I've got the how to sell show uh, for a long time. I had Scott Bell consultant. I took that website down, but I still have all the content. You know, you, you need to have the ability to build a funnel. You need to like in the future, it's going to be standard. Someone's like, Hey, what kind of sales skills do you have? Are you, are you a closer? Yeah, I'm a closer. Can you sell me a pen or can you make me a video? Ha ha ha. Yeah. Okay. Now that you've done that, build me a funnel and there's going to be a point, And I'm going to say three, three to five years that it's going to be like every other, somebody, somebody who can't build a funnel is going to be considered a rookie. Somebody who can build a funnel and close deals is going to be considered a closer or performer. See what's going to happen on the horizon. Go into Google Trends and spend about an hour looking about where your industry is going to go. You could, you could find out a lot in an hour. Don't go like looking and, and Googling all sorts of other crazy stuff, but look up things on your industry. You could look it up by your NAIC code, N-A-I-C. That's going to tell you, you know, what way the government defines what you do and how you do it is the NAIC code N-A-I-C. and it's going to be pretty telling some industries, nothing. It's it's going to say, Hey, like everything is going to be good. Like the Bureau of labor and statistics is a good place to go. Um, you could go to the website, you could go to the Google and type in sites like Bureau of labor statistics. And that's the government saying like, here's where every there, here's the trend. Here's how things are going to happen. The key for you is to be prepared because it's not a matter of if your industry is going to change, but when and how much time do you have? Do you have time to make something happen? Do you have time to make something not happen? I have a challenge for you this weekend. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look around your office. I want you to look around your industry and I want you to just start paying attention to the people who have problems with change versus the people who don't. And there's probably a pretty good correlation of income. The people who don't have a problem with change are the people who are closing it and crushing it. And the people who get caught up in change are the people who are struggling. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.